All right, everybody, welcome back to the second episode of This Podcast, All That, the podcast where we get all nostalgic and talk about our favorite 90s pop culture stuff. Uh, my name's James. And I'm Joe. And this week, we're going to touch on our favorite 90s game shows. And I don't know about you, Joe, but when I was looking back at the list, trying to come up with a list of my favorites, it really came down to like two different categories. There were all there were all the ones that were on all the regular channels, but then there was a whole group of them that were on uh, were on Nickelodeon. And I yeah. think there were, there were so many on Nickelodeon that it, at one point there was even a, a games and sports channel that you could get through your cable package that was separate from Nickelodeon. It was just all of the old or all of the shows that ran in the '90s. Like that channel didn't come around until like the late 2000s but um or early 2000s but they were all all 90s game shows yep so i think i don't know if you wanted to start or if you want me to start but um I, I have i have some that aren't nickelodeon and i think maybe i'll let you take a couple of the nickelodeon ones and we'll, we'll do that um the first one on my list and i'm gonna <laughs> i'm going in alphabetical order a little bit here um no, but the first one on the list, and the reason I chose this one is because it's it's could be by far my favorite game show of the '90s, and that's American Gladiators. Do you remember this TV show? Um, not as much as I think you do, because I might have been a little too young to be watching American Gladiators. Yeah, so American Gladiators was from like 1989 to like 1994 or five, I think the original run. They they rebooted it later in the 90s and then in the 2000s, I think, but it wasn't as good in the 2000s. Actually, I think there was a reboot in like 2010 or something like that. I'm not sure about that, but um, so American Gladiators was a game where they had regular people or they would have a, a man and a woman who were, who were supposed to be regular people going up against the American gladiators. And they all had like really, uh, really strong, scary names like storm or ice or uh, things like that. And I remember, <laughs> I remember, I think the reason I got, we got started watching it is because we got the, the toy set first. Do you remember the toy set that we had? Um, as far as I can remember, it was, um, I, I thought there, I, the, like, my recollection of it was there was, like, you could send the guy flying down the zip line, maybe. Yep. But I, yeah, I can't remember. Yep, that's, that was one of them. So we had, we had, like, two of them. There was, there was one, um, one of them was one where you could put them on two little pedestals and they got those like sticks, like looked like giant Q-tips, the yep. sticks with the giant things at the end. And they would like, you could like twist them back and forth. So to like rock them, sock them robots, except on a smaller scale. And and then the other one was the one where you put them on like the zip line and like you did the crank thing and their hands would crank down the thing. And it was based on two of the games in the, in the show. But it, I think the reason I like this show so much is because it, it, it harkens back to, or or it pretty much embodies the night, sort of like the the late '80s, early '90s, with like the 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 fitness craze and all like the the muscle beach type stuff. And you got these these giant, probably steroided up um, <laughs> gladiators who were who were pitted against these normal people. And there was this there was this one game where you had to take this ball and you had to run and put it into like a like a. It looked like a trash can. It was like a circle. And it was like these 
puny people trying to go up against these like behemoth men and women trying to get through there and they always got destroyed and it was always really entertaining um not quite as entertaining as the giant uh the giant tennis ball gun that they used to shoot at people <laughs> and you could shoot back but like i feel like the, the goal was to make it to the end and like ring this buzzer but i feel like and you could shoot back and if you shot them then then they didn't then you got a free pass to go on through but um they never ever hit them because it was like this little like their tennis ball gun went at like the speed of sound and like the ones that they got to shoot back <laughs> went like it was like a little squirt gun it was like boop and it like never really did anything. So, um, that's my first one. I, I loved American Gladiators. I, I don't think I, I think there was only like three or four people who ever, uh, ever actually won or got all the way to the end. And, and it changed in the, that reboot one because they had a tournament. I, I remember that much about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was one, that was one that was, in the early nineties that I really, really enjoyed. They, they had all kinds of stuff. They had a video game. Um, they had, I think it was the video game was for the super Nintendo, but all right. Do you got one? Yeah. Oh, the um, zap laser turbo Hawk ice nitro. Those are, those are some of the names. <laughs> and Gemini was my favorite. The, Gemini was the guy that I had. He was uh, the black, the black guy that was out there that we had the action figure for. I think we had, Probably Gemini and Turbo, maybe. I don't remember who the action figures were. But Yeah. All right. Go ahead. I'm done talking about Gladiators. <laughs> um, my first one is Nick Arcade. And oh, Nick Arcade, I the the game show channel that, that you were talking about in the beginning would show Nick Arcade at like 10 o'clock to midnight at night and <laughs> I would stay up just to watch this show because Nick Arcade was like amazing. So the premise of this is that there's two teams and they basically play video games to win win the game. So they the game starts off with a face off round where each team plays a game for thirty seconds and whoever gets the most points gets to start off the round. So, the main rounds um, are basically you have to move the this character, his name was Mikey, and you had to move Mikey through different spaces to get to the goal. And whatever team got to the goal first got to go on to the final round, and in the, the main um, section of the game, the main rounds, they had to play, they had to do either puzzle, um, video puzzles, where it was either like a a music video that they had to unscramble or they had to find clues in the videos. Um, there was a pop quiz where they would ask questions and each team got a point to buzz in. And um, Or if you landed on a specific uh, square, you won a prize. So you got to keep that prize at the end of the game. Um, then at the end of the game, whichever team gets to the goal first, they get to go to what was called the video zone. And the video zone was this... 3D, um, basically, you got to be put in front of a green screen and fight uh, video game characters in real life. And the one thing that I loved about this is the kids, like, the technology must not have been very good because the kids would always get hit 
by random things, like, or it would, like, glitch and they'd get hit, and they'd have to start again, and you always get so frustrated because, like, why can't you do this? It's so easy! Just duck! Jump! It's super simple! Look at it! And, um, and at the end, you got to go and fight these three villains that, like, were through the entire run of the show. The first one was the evil wizard Murloc, who would, like, throw lightning bolts at you and you had to collect Murloc. certain things. Um, the next one was a fireball-throwing sorceress named Scorchia. And then the last one was the ironclad Mongo, who was, like, like a big, like, think of uh, Shao Kahn from um, Mortal Kombat. And he was the big Hulkin dude um, who would throw energy balls at him. What? I think I think the biggest thing about this is I remember I remember the same thing you did like sitting there watching at home being like what just it seems so simple the things coming at you like duck but now thinking back on it now I don't know if we have a good game system that would make that easy to do now in 2016 so I'm I'm thinking what kind of technology did they have what did it look like to them where they were standing yeah because like I never like, really at- figured that out. When the show, like, ended, like, they would enter the video zone through this, like, awesome, like, archway, and there would be, like, fog, and then they enter it, and you'd see the game start, but you don't see them, like, actually at the blue screen. It wasn't until the end, where, like, everything shuts down, where you got to see what it was like, and it was just like a, like a blue tarp. <laughs> in the back yeah. of the and, and it was always like super delayed too when they started like it took them a minute yeah. to figure out that like stuff was actually moving around them so they had to jump um i remember nick arcade too a lot was yep. that one hosted by michael malley too no it was actually hosted by phil moore who oh, okay. hasn't really done anything he he was on figure it out as a panelist and yeah i think he oh, also okay. liked um he also like Hosted every so often on on Figure It Out, so Figure It Out was another good one. I, yeah, I, I had that one on my list, but um, Figure It Out always got me because there was like so, sometimes the the thing that the kid was good at or was famous for or, or could do was like really cool and like yeah. it, it was something that people would think, oh yeah, that'd be really awesome. And then other times it would be something like super. Ex- obscure it was like mm-hmm. can juggle the most amount of jam covered donuts or something like that it'd be like what who was gonna who was gonna guess that and at the end yeah. you could sort of look around after they didn't guess it and the kid won and you're like yeah nobody was there, gonna there's guess a reason that why nobody had would get no it. idea <laughs> and they and I, this is something so we can just talk about this now because this is something that all of these nick shows had in common sketchers Good God, did Skechers oh. get so much promo <laughs> from Nickelodeon game shows. Oh, that... Everything, everybody won a pair of Skechers. Yep. Everybody, every commercial break was sponsored by Skechers. That would be my favorite part of like, of like the show is like, is like seeing like the old style, like 90s shoes or whatever it was that they, the prizes they won, seeing what was available for prizes back then was funny. Yeah, it was never. It was. It was like a. I think like a bike and some Skechers were like the best yeah. things you could get, and everything else was sort of kind, kind of lame. Yeah. Um. 
All right, so I, I have a couple, again, that are, aren't Nickelodeon, but they're all sort of in the same category, so I figured we could talk about them together. Actually, one of them is Nickelodeon, but it's just like the others, so I, I threw it in there. And right. that's Shop Till You Drop, Supermarket Sweep, and then the one that's Nickelodeon, right, is Nickelodeon Super Toy Run, which was sort of the same thing as Supermarket Sweep, except the kids got their five minutes to run through Toys R Us and grab as much stuff as they wanted. Do you remember that? I I don't remember that one, but I I had Supermarket Sweep on my on my uh my list. Yeah, so the the Super Toy I don't think it was really a show so much as it was like every once in a while they they'd have some kid to give them a a run through. But I always remember it because they would always grab like four bikes. Like what are you going to do with four bikes? <laughs> and like, like cuz they were just trying to grab as much stuff as they possibly could. Um so shop till you drop and supermarket sweep were both in the night. Well, supermarket sweep was actually started in like the sixties. I think I don't fully remember, but it, it came back in the nineties. Um, and I remember it from the nineties, obviously. Um, and supermarket sweep was where you had to go and try to, you would answer questions and then that would give you a certain amount of time to go through the store and grab as much stuff as you could off the shelves, but you could only grab things three of the same item or five of the same item um, and then bring it back and whoever had the most in their grocery cart or the, got the most stuff won and got to got to keep the stuff or got to keep the money that it was worth. I don't remember how that worked, but um, what I do remember is everybody always going to grab the ham. Or like the, <laughs> yeah. these, these like ridiculously large sticks of meat because they were like they were like worth worth more money than everything else was yeah like like per like per size like those things were yeah like i mean i don't know how much they ended up costing in 1994 but um (laughs) that it was like that diapers and um cheese so and 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 Stuff like that, always trying to fill up their carts from the bottom to the top. But I always remember getting so mad at the people who would grab, looked like they were just shopping, like looked like they went out there and they were trying to find stuff that they could use and weren't like really playing the game how you were supposed to play the game. And it's like, they're going out there and grabbing like lettuce and like lettuce is like a dollar. (laughs) Lettuce isn't going to win you anything. It's not going to help you at all. So, and then shop till you drop was... Uh, sort of in the same vein, except it, it looked like it took place more in like a mall, like any mall in the 90s. And they would have to go pick up boxes. Um, I'm trying to remember how. Do you, do you remember Shop Till You Drop? I'm trying to remember how. Now, now that you talk about it, I think it was set up. It was set up kind of like a Costco where they had things on. Like it was a huge warehouse and they had things on shelves. And, like, I remember, like, trying to find, um, the huge bulk items. Like, bulky things that they had to go find in the store and bring back to the the post. That that was Supermarket Sweep. They also did it in Shop Till You Drop. Well, I, I remember Shop to You Drop having, like, the big boxes, right? And it was all from, like, department store kind of stuff. And they had to go in and, like, open it up. And uh, I don't know. I was trying I to remember know. how they got to the, the the part where you go and pick up the boxes. Maybe I'll have to go back and watch some Shop to You Drop. It's on YouTube. 
that was the best part about this week. I had oh, maybe. Watch a whole bunch of YouTube stuff. No, I don't know. Um, but, but I didn't watch any shop yeah. Um I did watch some supermarket sweep. And again, getting that super show. mad at the people going around grabbing dumb stuff. And you know, that like show, show before. that show reminds me now of um, Guy's Grocery Games. That's on the Food Network. It's kind of the same thing, except for the people that are on Guy's Grocery Games have to cook what they find. So they have to go out to the, into the grocery store, find like what they're going to use to cook, and then bring it back. Oh, yes. Yeah. So so that makes sense if you went and grabbed some lettuce. And this one yeah. was all about grabbing as much money as you could. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, um, so those, yeah, those are all, all in the same sort of realm. Yep. So back to you again. Um, my next one was, um, I actually picked Wild and Crazy Kids. Because Wild and Crazy Kids was a show that I, uh, that I remember watching during the summer. Because we had, we were off during the summer, like as kids, we, we, we were at home from school. And it was, like, kids, like, at a, at a fun location, like, like a amusement park. Or someplace, and they they would play sports games, and like it was two teams of like a bunch of kids, and they would play against each other, and whatever team got the most points at the end won. And I think they ended up like the losing team probably got slimed or something, but or it like was just really. Pie, I think it pies in the face, maybe. Well, like there was, there was the three hosts, right? And they yeah. each each of the hosts either picked a team. There was either two teams or three teams. Yeah. And the losing host ended up having to get like pied or something. Yeah. But um, I the, mo- the the my favorite thing about this was though that on like most of the episodes they had um, guests from like TV shows that were going on during that time. So they would pick, like, some kids from um, the camp show or from all that to be, like, contestants on Wild and Crazy Kids. Yeah, I I know we're not uh, uh, talking about other Nickelodeon shows because I'm sure we'll get to that. Yeah. But what was the name of that camp show? I'll have to look it up. Salute Your Shorts. It was Salute Your Shorts. Salute Your Shorts. Oh, my goodness. Was that a good show? Um, that is definitely going to be on whenever we get around to talking yep. about just Nickelodeon <laughs> TV shows. Um, so I th- my favorite part about uh, Wild and Crazy Kids was that they took over these these places and did all of these things that most kids would like dream about doing, except they actually did it and like put it all together and did it in real life. I, I actually watched I watched an episode of Wild and Crazy Kids. Um, just a little while ago before we started recording and it was it was one where they were at a water park and the first or one of the games that they did was you got to go down a slide on this like raft thing and you got to like stab the you had to stab these balloons as you're flying through the water on the <laughs> rafting and i just remember thinking if you were if you were a kid at one of those like those water parks that had to be like the greatest day of your entire life right it would be so awesome or the ones where they took over the mall, like they were at the Mall of America one time, yeah, and and had one there, and they had a lot of stuff at the Mall of America. Did you know this? This is a this is a little known fact of of 
WCW Monday Nitro history. Um, the first Monday Nitros took place in Mall of America. Like the first three Nitros were recorded at Mall of America. They really? put up a ring in the middle of the mall, and that's where they had the, the well, first cause, three. Because didn't shows. they move? They moved Nitro to Nickelodeon Studios, didn't they? Or did they? Was that um, MGM in Disney? No, it was it was Universal Studios in Orlando. Yeah, I thought um, it, I thought it was in the Nickelodeon Studios is when is where they did Nitro. Yeah, yeah, that was that, but that was for some reason I don't know why they did the first three in in the Mall of America, but I just I went back and was watching them thanks to the WWE Network that you can get for nine ninety nine. This is not a not sponsored by WWE <laughs> <paid> Network sponsor, <laughs> but um, but I was but watching hey hey it on WWE there. Network if you want to sponsor us hey we'll, we'll yeah. take it we'll take the money yeah absolutely um so I, I I was back watching it and there was it was just so weird because there was like people standing on like the second and third level just like looking over <laughs> and I'm wondering if they had to like pay for those spots or, or if they just it. like they showed just, up and just watched they probably just were like in the mall looking for like a JC Penny or something and yeah <laughs> go buy some pants and walk by and like, like hey what's going on down there. <laughs> WC there's Hulk Hogan in the ring down yep. below. Um so yeah, but they so they took over the Mall of America and and so this week we didn't we didn't announce this yet, but I'll announce it now. This this week we're or, or going forward we're going to do a sort of our pick of the week uh, and pick an episode or a song or a, a movie from the 90s that people can go back and check out on on one of the streaming sites or that's available somewhere online. Um this wasn't my pick. But now that I thought about it, maybe it should have been. There was an episode of Wild and Crazy Kids where they did it at a medieval times. And I remember watching that as a kid, wishing so badly. One, because we hadn't been to medieval times yet. We went there later. (laughs) But one, thinking, man, I really want to go to medieval times. And two, thinking, like, they get to dress up as knights and, like, have, like, games on, like, fake horses. Yep. (laughs) And it looks super fun. And I want to do that really bad. And it's a great episode. It's probably one of the best episodes um, of Wild and Crazy Kids. Yeah, I think so, too. All right. Sticking with the theme, I'm going off off Nickelodeon because I think we could – we probably could have done a whole podcast about just Nickelodeon yeah. shows. Um, but I got I got a couple more. We, we didn't – all right. We didn't – before – we didn't really talk about this before. And we didn't say whether or not we were going to limit it to – just game shows or what the difference is between reality TV and a game show. And I'll contest that before the nineties and like the late nineties reality TV shows really didn't exist. Right. So they, they had like, I'm sure they had some specials where they did behind the scenes of stuff, but, but like reality TV shows as we have it today really didn't start until like the nineties. I think real world was probably one of the first ones. Um, and along those lines, the Real World Road Rules Challenge, which is still going on to this day, <laughs> I'll, I'll have you know, and I still love it just as much as I loved it then. Um, and Survivor are two of those at the li- on the list. And Joe, you and I were talking about this outside of the podcast the other day, but I started went back and started watching Survivor again. Um, after the first uh, the first season of Survivor, I probably stopped watching. I don't know, five years ago, six years ago, and I haven't really been following up on any of the new ones. But that yeah. first season of Survivor was one of the biggest things that's ever happened to television yes. at any point. 
Um, it, we hadn't really seen anything like that. And it's weird because if you watch Survivor now, it's it's super produced. And everything is shiny and everything is loud and there's all there's so much drama. But when that first season, looking back on it now, it doesn't have all that. It's really subdued. It's really more about like the people who are there. Um, Jeff Probst hasn't really figured out how to do the whole hosting the show thing. <laughs> so he's still trying to like figure it out and they have to explain like all the stuff that like they don't have to explain anymore because everybody knows what Survivor is. Um, so it's, and it has some of like the most memorable characters like Richard Hatch, who ended up winning that season is like the best good guy turned villain sort of of all time yep. sort of came off at the beginning of like this real nice guy who just wanted to help. And then as we got towards the end, he like turned into like this real mastermind villain and everybody hated him for a while uh, to the point where I even think like he was getting like death threats after the season was over. <laughs> but that show, that show was so big. Um, and it was one of the, that first season was, was before DVR existed. So people had to watch it and people talked about it all the time. Everybody watched it live. Everybody was like tuning in about it. Um, and I also brought this up just to say, even though he wasn't on the first season, Boston Rob is the greatest survivor player of all time. And anybody <laughs> can fight me about it. And I will, <laughs> I will go toe to toe with you for 12 rounds over the fact that Boston Rob. Is the greatest ever. Well, when um, did, when did, Survi actually, when did survivor season two come out? I don't know. That was the Australian Outback, I think, right? Yeah. There's been the first one was like thirty-two seasons of this show. That's way too many seasons. <laughs> yeah, Australian Outback was season two. Well, I mean, just speaking of talking about Boston Rob, wasn't he? He was on that oh, season, yeah. wasn't he? Season two. Uh, I thought he was. I don't no, I don't think he was. No, I don't remember which season Boston Rob was on, but I, I remember watching it. I'm, I'm more about the season, the All Star season, where he carried yeah. his now wife to that <laughs> final, and they both won the million dollars because they got married. Um, season two was in 2000. The first season was in 1999. Oh, okay. Um, or it might have aired in 2000, but it was filmed in 1999. Um, and then Real World Road Rules Challenge is like all of the drama of the real world where they fight at the house, but they compete against each other and like beat the crap out of each other. And it's amazing. <laughs> well, cause like didn't the first, like the first real rules road rules, didn't it? Di weren't they all cooped up in like RVs? So road rules was a show where they had to like, they like, it was more like road rules, more like amazing race kind of, except they weren't racing. Oh, okay. They just traveled all over the place in the real world. They were just in the house. And then to sort of get some more money out of those same reality TV stars, they pitted them against each other. In they put them in a house and pitted them against each other, and, and then they had to play oh, okay. uh, certain games. And it's it's uh, it's been going on for it's got to be twenty years almost that show, and a lot of the same people are still on it. Like it's 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 just funny. Some of them are like married and have like kids, and they still come back. And, yeah. <laughs> or on the show. Um, all right. So 
What what's next? All right, mine. My next one was get the picture, which ooh, I don't remember this one at all. This one was it was not as popular as some of the other uh, game shows that were on in the nineties. Um, funny enough, it, it was hosted by Michael Malley before Michael Malley was on Guts. And it only aired for one year on Nickelodeon. What was it about? Um, basically, there was a giant board in front of the, in front of the two teams, and they had to find like a hidden picture by um, answering questions and playing games. And once the screen was fully revealed, you won. Oh, and you know what? Now now I I, I remember this game. Yeah, now. so it was kind of like, you know the game Boxes, where you have to make the boxes? Yep. You have to, they had to connect the lines in order to um, un- unlock the picture. Yep, I guess and they I had definitely to, remember this. And they had to, I think they, they didn't have to pay money, but they got money. And they got to pick, like, a square. There were there were two teams, right? And there were it was yep. like boy girl teams, I think. Yep. And I'm trying to remember if they knew each other beforehand because I, I for some reason I remember like a couple of times where like the partners would start getting mad at each other because only yeah, one partner. Could, it was like uh, they were like they were friends or they were. I don't think that I think some of them might have been related, but most of the time oh. they were like two friends. And I, as you once you said that, I'm remembering an episode where there was like two girls who were like best friends, and the girl kept getting angry at her friend because she kept answering the questions wrong. Yeah, yeah, because like once you buzzed in, like only one person could answer. Yeah, and if the person answered before like they had a chance to talk about it, then <laughs> got yep. it wrong. Then they they would always like fight with each other. Yeah, but yeah, it was like Michael Malley's first, I think, game show that he hosted before moving on to. Um, guts. Yeah, I def I definitely remember that now. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a little of your thunder right now because you just talked about it. We, um, I gotta go with guts because I loved guts. Oh yeah, specifically. So I liked guts, right? Regular old guts. Yep. I loved global guts. <laughs> so I have this thing where anytime it's co- countries competing against each other, even if it's like twelve year old kids. It's like the most dramatic thing that's ever happened. It's it's high drama, in, in like the highest regards. It's it's so good. And they would have the tournament where it was, and it wasn't even like countries you'd expect. I think the UK no. was in it. It's like UK, but it was like for some reason I remember like Portugal, Spain. So maybe yeah. it was countries you'd expect. The United States, and I wanted so bad for the United States to win season. I and. And I don't. There was only a couple of times where I think like the the U.S. contestant won. But sometimes the best part about it was that sometimes it wouldn't even have somebody from the. It wasn't like the U.S. competed in every uh, every episode. They, no. they would have different episodes, and throughout the episode they would have like little cutaways to like where the kids could like describe themselves, and um, it was in their their native language and they would show you around like their city and stuff. And that was always really cool. Cause you got to see different places that you'd, you'd never seen before and got to hear people who were from there talk about what they liked about living in their, mm-hmm. in their country. Um, what was your favorite guts game? Oh man, there's so many different ones, but I had, I would have to pick 
either the ones where they have to they have to paddle from one end of the pool to the other and back again, like they have to go back and forth, or the um the bungee basketball ones. Yep. So so you're wrong about the the paddle one because that's the worst. That's um, my favorite one. <laughs> no, you're wrong because it's so frustrating. But it's so no fun one knows to how watch. To paddle. No one knows how to paddle. Here's the thing, right? On that paddleboard, you got to keep your weight back, right? Yeah. If you've watched as much guts as I have, you'll learn. You have to keep <laughs> your weight back. Otherwise, the front of the board digs the knee board digs into the ground, digs into yeah. the water, and then you get swallowed up, and it's like pulling yourself through the water. But if you stay back, the ones that stay back rocket across yeah. that thing. Um. So yeah, those are the worst. So you're wrong. Um. The basketball one. Is good, but I like the version that is uh, where you have where they have these like foam bow and arrows, and they have to go down and jump and then shoot the arrow across. That one wasn't on all the time. There was also one where you had to um, grab the ball and like throw it into your like past your opponent, and your opponent got to like block it and into like a net. Yeah, that one was good too, and you had to sort of like throw yours while they were throwing theirs. Um, but my favorite is the ones where they had to ride like the three wheeled bike, yeah, over around the track through the obstacle course. Specifically, the one that moved yeah, and it was side like, to side. It was like bumpy. And, yeah, and every t- every once yep. in a while, somebody gets stuck in it and like fall over. Um, watching that <laughs> show now. You realize there's so many people out there that are just there to make sure these kids don't like seriously injure themselves. Like they when, have, they're cast. Because when somebody falls, you see like 20 people rush to them <laughs> to make sure they're okay. Yeah, there. Yeah, there was one where there was one I was watching recently where there was there was just running around the track and there was like obstacles on it and like there was people lined around the track and every time somebody sort of took a tumble, they were in there and like like pushed them so that they stayed on their feet and didn't fall over and just like eat it on the ground yeah um so yeah i love guts i think the the aggro crag as much as i wanted a piece of that thing i think the aggro crag was like the most pointless part of that whole thing because you like you just sort of had to run up it and hit the things and more people got lost trying to find the button, like the little thing you had to hit. Yeah. Then, then like, it wasn't really that athletic of a thing. It was more like just making sure you could count and hit all the buttons. Yep. All right. So I stole, probably stole one of yours, but you can go, go ahead. Um, I mean, honestly, we could take a whole episode talking about this next one. Um, Legends of the Hidden Temple. I was you hoping could, you'd go there next. You could you could spend an entire episode talking about this game show because it has so much depth to it, so many different stages, and so much that you could like fill an episode with. And I mean, it's just so amazing. Um, from the 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 music in the game to the games they played to the the host I'm trying to find his name. Off the top of my head, I can I can never remember his name. Kurt Fogg. 
yeah. is is the host, and he he like brings so much energy to the game. And my favorite part of this show, well, for those of the people that don't know, if you don't know about this show, you're crazy because this show is amazing. Um, basically, it's like an Indiana Jones style like set where there's this giant like stone. Um, Mayan stone face, his name is Olmec, and he is like this ancient, uh, person, and the, the entire part of the, like, the entire game is based around, like, um, people from history, so you have, like, Lawrence of Arabia, and Benjamin Franklin, and Catherine the Great, and the kids had to find artifacts from these people throughout the game. So the game starts out with the kids crossing a moat, and you have to whatever team gets a, both pers- both people across first and rings a gong gets the chance to start the next round. I I think that might be my favorite part. That's like the most intense part of the whole thing. And, yep. and you could like lose the whole thing right at that moment. People, yeah, because you people. well they start with six teams and they narrow it down to four teams. The four teams that ring the gong first, get to go on to the next round. Yep. And I just have to say, before we get too far into this, Silver Snakes for life. Yes. Silver Snakes, my team. Yep. There is there is no other team but the Silver Snakes. No um, team. Yeah, I, I, I think that was that was really cool. The really cool thing about this show is, like you said, that Olmec, at the beginning of the uh, every episode, would give like a, a, a legend, like a story. And, and it would be something from either history or folklore. And, uh, that would be like, sometimes it was like Joan of Arc. Sometimes it was, uh, Amelia Earhart. Sometimes it was like was all kinds of things where, where you'd have to find, like you said, those pieces and they would get the, the halves of the medallion. So I think there was like four games and you could get two medallions or you could yep. get pieces of a medallion. Um, and the pieces really didn't do a whole lot, uh, um, no. for you. So you really <laughs> needed whole ones. Yep. And then, at the end, you got the chance to go through the Olmec's temple yep. and try to find the artifact that you're in there to find and bring it back out. And if you bring it back out, you win the game. And in there, there's a bunch of different things. I, w- I always loved when they would fall into like the pit and they wouldn't be able to get back out or they'd try <laughs> to find it. And, and clearly, the most frustrating part of this entire show Every time that this was one of the stages, the shrine of the silver monkey. Ugh. <laughs> it's so annoying. These kids, they're... I, it has to be nerves, because it can't be anything else. Like, none of the kids can ever solve the shrine of the silver monkey. And it's it, so it, simple. It can't be that hard. It's it's literally three pieces. There's a base, a middle, and a head. And you have to put the three pieces in order. Grab them off the shelf and put them in order. And for some reason, they always put the base on backwards. They can't get the, the middle piece on. And it really should take like two seconds. But like I said, it's got to be the same thing with like Nick Arcade where it it's more complicated than when you're yeah. in there. Than it is when you're sort of on the outside looking in, and you but and was, you had to solve it to like move on to a next the next room, and the kids would always get stuck in the shrine of the silver monkey room and not be able to go to a different room. 
Yeah, it seemed like they always had to do every time the Shrine of the Silver Monkey was one of the because I think the Shrine of the Silver Monkey and the Medusa one were interchangeable. I don't think it was yeah. always the Shrine. No, of the I don't Silver think. Monkey. No, I don't think they had them every time. But but like every time the Shrine of the Silver Monkey was up there, you had to go through it, and there was always one of the guards in there. I feel like too, and maybe that's why they, the guard came out and like scared the crap out of them, and then they get so they nervous they can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> But I tell you what, that was a hard game show to win because I don't oh, remember yeah. a lot of people winning. No, winning very, big very prize. rarely did people win that game. Yeah, I don't remember a whole lot. Um, but yeah, we, we could do a whole episode on that one. And I think we're going to the, – these first couple of episodes, I think we can go through some of our – go go over some of our, our favorite of each category, but I'm, I'm really thinking we could do a, a March Madness style tournament for, for game shows too. Oh yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, we could even do one side, the Nickelodeon ones and one side, the others. And yeah. Probably be good. Um, my next one's not a, not a Nickelodeon game again. And actually there, there was one game that sort of led into the other. The first was, was who wants to be a millionaire. And this one was sort of like survivor in the sense that, when this show first came on, it it was like it was the only thing on TV or the only thing that people cared about on TV. I remember because it was on it was on every night for like three or four weeks, I think three weeks maybe. And so every night it'd, come, it'd be like eight thirty, get in front of the TV, everybody gather around and watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, <laughs> trying to see if somebody win that million dollars. Yep. Um, and this is actually where my pick of the week comes from. The first guy to win the million dollars, his name was John Carpenter. Um, and I'm going to spoil it, but it's still amazing to watch, and everybody should go back and watch it. But this guy, so on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, if somebody's never seen it, which I don't know how you made it this far in life without seeing either at least a version of the show, because I think it's still on TV. But it's now it's like daytime, and the main prize is only like $25,000 instead of a million. Yeah. Um, but got a different host the host was regis feldman and you had in order to even get on the show you had to like call in and take a a phone quiz to show that you had enough trivia knowledge to get into one of the seats that were around the main the main seat in the middle and then at the start of every round they would have a uh a question come up that the person who answered it correctly the fastest got to sit in the main chair and go for the million dollars and the first it felt like almost the first week nobody really even got close i think somebody got to like the five hundred thousand, and like the questions would get harder each time and you had three lifelines you could phone a friend you could ask the audience or you could take 50 50 which removed two of the uh options and the weird thing about this is i haven't thought about who wants to be a millionaire in a long time and that just came back to me really quickly <laughs> without even thinking about it at all i didn't have to think about it at all um so the first guy who won not only did he win but he won without using any of his lifelines until the final round for the million dollars and the only reason he used it was to call his dad to tell his dad that he was going to win a million dollars. I remember because this. Because he already knew the answer. Yep. It was such a stone cold move. That was so, so incredible. Yep. He's just like, oh, I already, I know this answer. I'm just going to call my dad to let him know that uh, I just won a million dollars. Yeah. And it was funny because the guy, the guy worked for the IRS. So he was like, 
Regis was making sort of making jokes about that the whole time. And he really didn't take any time to really think about the answers. He just sort of knew them all. But that was another thing. Either I remember this episode way better than I thought I did, or the questions seemed easy. I got a lot of them right going through <clears throat> watching the episode again that I didn't think I would have got. I like back then, obviously I was a kid when this came out, but, um, Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just super smart, Joe. Maybe uh, may- you should maybe. all bow to how smart I am. <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe I should go on who wants to be a millionaire now and win twenty five thousand dollars. Hey, you can't win a million, but I mean, aren't um, like just like just like um like Jeopardy? Isn't it like general knowledge type things? Yeah, it's not like they're not they're like not super like difficult hard questions. questions. Some they get they get a little bit more difficult. I think there was I think I would have got up to like the the two hundred fifty thousand dollars before I got one wrong. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know that that show was one of the ones that was that, that again must see television, just like Survivor was when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, the the one that was sort of built on the back of the success of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was Weakest Link, and I think the only reason this show was popular is because of the woman, and because people could say you are the weakest link, goodbye, and <laughs> it just sort of became the quote. Um, from that show. And that show came out in the 2000, I think, or 2001. But yeah, um, it sort of was on the heels of all of the success. I think Who Wants to Be a Millionaire started that whole primetime game show trend. I think so. So like, so, like Deal or No Deal came after it. And, yeah. Or was another one. Or there's all those ones that came out that were real random in the last maybe five or six years. Um, but yeah, who wants to be a millionaire? Specifically, that episode it was John Carpenter. It's on YouTube. The whole his whole clip. You can go back and find it. So yeah, you got another one. Um, I actually have like like you did with Supermarket Sweep and um, Shop City Drop and the other one. I have one that is a combined one because the reason I wanted to combine these is because the host of these two shows was by far the best '90s game show host. Ever, hands I know exactly down. Where you're going with you this. argue with me about this. I will. I will give you step by step examples why he is the best game show host ever. Mark Summers hosted two shows in the '90s: Double Dare and What Would You Do. Two game shows in the '90s that were by far amazing. So, so first things first. Which one do you think was better? It's I can't you can't you can't pick a better one because the the two shows are so different. Uh, I'll agree with that. Um, I think Double Dare is better. Yeah, I, I agree. Double Dare is is better because of well, the the things in Double Dare that are more fun. Yeah. For two for two distinct reasons. One, the game where you have to like shoot stuff across across the thing into a bucket. Right. I always liked that one. <laughs> that was my and favorite people one. People just getting like covered in like syrup yep. or whatever it is. And then the one where they had to look through the giant pizza to find yep. the flag. What was that stuff in the pizza? Or like the toe jam. The or toe like jam peanut stuff. Butter. And the peanut butter and jelly in the sandwich. What is that stuff made of? Somebody please tell me because I want to know. I'll buy a vat of it and put it in a tub <laughs> and just bathe in it. Because it always just looks lay, so awesome. Yeah, just lay, just, just lay like, uh, in it. 
I have, like, fake giant pepperonis inside the bathtub. <laughs> or, like, the nose. How gross is the oh, nose? Oh, yeah. Like, and it would, it would sneeze on them. Yeah. And we would reach up the nose. Gross. Yeah. Double Dare. Double Dare was amazing. And it was, again, that was another one that was always so frustrating because you could see the flag when they were doing yeah. that. Especially when it was in, like, the peanut butter or something. You could see it there and they could never find it. No. Because they just keep like, moving it around because yeah. they're just trying to find it so much. What would you do? I loved that show. Me too. It, and it was, I think people remember Double Dare a lot more. I don't think they remember What Would You Do. So maybe probably explain what it was. Okay, so What Would You Do is was more of a, a TV show than it was a game show. Because um, Michael Malley would go out on location in like Universal Studios and like would talk to people and he would go do wacky things and he would um invite families to come up and participate in a game and if they won the game the kids get to go um pick they like get a number from a lottery type thing and they get to go up to the wall of stuff or the wall O stuff, and open up a door. And either the door could be, like, a t-shirt, or it could be, like, a gym bag, or it could be, like, Skechers, or it could be a pie in the face. So, they got, it was like a, a randomized kind of thing, and it was awesome. Yep, it was. It really was. And it was, uh... It was one of those shows that it, it didn't necessarily have as much uh, action as some of the other stuff. Yeah. But it was still really good. Yep. Um, I don't know if I have any more on my list. Oh, I do I do have... I got Whose Line Is It Anyway on my list, which is a great show. Oh, yeah. I, I guess it could be... Play. I guess it could be considered a game show because somebody does win. At the end. Yeah, the points don't matter, though, yeah. so I don't know if it's really... And then, okay, I, I have one on my list that... And we, we gotta... We're getting towards the end here, so... Yeah. I won't spend too much time on it. Um, the one on my list is, is Singled Out, and the only reason I put that one on my list is because I listen to Chris Hardwick's podcast, the Nerdist podcast, all the time, and it just cracks me up that, that he went from hosting that show... To being who he is now. I don't even know. I don't even know about this show. <laughs> you don't. You don't know what singled out is. No. You, you know what. You know what it is, or you know at least. You at least know what the concept of it is. Okay. I can so, tell. I like from from what I can see. It's like a. It's like a. Like a dating show. Yeah. Yeah. So singled out is a show where there would either be a dude or a woman, right? And they would. Look, they're looking for love in all the wrong places. Um, so they would sit there, and then there'd be like, like fifty of the opposite sex, right up there, and they'd come down. And the first one, they would ask a question, and like everybody would raise their hand, and then like they'll they'd have to pick which side they were on, and then like that half would have to leave, right? And it kept doing that <laughs> over and over again. It'd be like, um, this is. Uh, like your your first date, favorite place for a first date, and it would be like the movies or dinner or something like that. And somebody'd say something, then they'd have to like walk all past them, and you get to see who 
you you said no to and at the end it would be three people and they would sit him there and he would ask him the questions like contestant number one um family guy's done the i'm sure you've seen the family guy parody where it's like contestant number one we're on a we're on a romantic date um what would you order for dinner or something and like the person doesn't necessarily really answer the question it's usually something like if it's the if it's the guy, it's usually something like really douchey, and if it's the girl, it's something like really seductive, trying to <laughs> like, and it's really doesn't make any sense. Uh, but Chris Hardwick hosts it, and Chris Hardwick is a giant nerd, and it just seems so <laughs> out of place to now it knowing does. what we know about him now. But but then he had like these ridiculously like ridiculous frosted tip, like he calls them hair drapes because it was like parted in the middle and it came down on the side and he just looked like a giant tool and it's it was such a weird show but it, it made my list only for that point just because it was so ridiculous and it was i think it was on mtv yeah it was on mtv because chris hardwick also hosted uh spring break the spring break parties on mtv yeah but i think carmen electra and I don't remember what the other Carmen Electra was his co-host for a while. Oh, and Jenny, Jenny McCarthy. McCarthy. Yeah. Yep. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's I don't have any more. Um. Yeah. So I I think you want to get to. Oh, you didn't do uh, your your poll of the week. Oh. Oh yeah. So um, my poll of the week is on Netflix, and it is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Because we talked about it last last episode, and I wanted to bring it back up because in season one of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, um, they introduce Tommy into the into the group, and um, he starts out as a bad guy because Rita Repulsa like like takes control of him and turns him into her like evil Green Ranger. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, throughout these four, I think it's four episodes, four, maybe five episodes, they, they like, fight Tommy, and they try to, like, win his soul back, and it was just a great time for um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, because it introduced a new character, it introduced a new Zord, it introduced a new um, villain, and... It ended up working out in the end, and Tommy becomes part of the the squad, and we get the Dragon Zord, which is awesome. By I was going to say it didn't just introduce a new Zord; it introduced the the best Zord. <laughs> yeah, the Dragon Zord. <laughs> like the yeah, and he had the flute yep. that would summon the Dragon Zord, and then Tommy was always, even though he wasn't an original Power Ranger, he was always the best Power Ranger. Secretly, um, he was always the best Power Ranger. <laughs> yeah, even in like the uh, the movie, the Power Ranger movie. Yep, where he he had the sweet white costume. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good one. That's and that's one you actually you actually showed me this. They they have the new. Well, it's not new now. It's a couple months old, but the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger comic book. Yes. Um, and it picks up right after they fight Tommy. Yeah. Uh, right after he turn like the Green Ranger comes back and uh, or comes in to the picture, and it's right after that. And if anybody out there likes Power Rangers, that 
comic book series is incredible because it, it takes all of the things that like you really love about the Power Rangers, sort of modernizes it, and takes out sort of all of the campy uh, stuff. Like there's not as much like <laughs> uh, th- there's not as many corny jokes. No. Or, yeah. Like, sort of real goofy stuff. It's just and, it's just all the things you liked about Power Rangers. And you'd think that would take out of it because I mean that's what made the original Power Rangers like as as good as it was. I mean, because it was nineties campy. But it it I I enjoyed a lot. I mean Oh, don't get me wrong. I, I liked I love the camp and yeah. in the power in the original Power Rangers. I think I think it sort of lost a lot of its its mojo when it started they started to switch it around or tried to keep it going for a long yeah. time because i think there's still power rangers running right now isn't there um like a, is there a new the newest right i don't know i know there was in, like not that long ago a, like a samurai uh, one, maybe i think it, i think ago. it might be dino charge is the newest one power rangers dino charge i think is the, the brand the like the newest one in two thousand, yeah, two thousand sixteen. So yeah, oh. Power Rangers Dino Charge is the newest Power Rangers that's out right now. Yeah, but I forget so, which one it was that, like, they had an episode where they brought all the Power Rangers back, like Power Rangers from different like times, time periods, back and fought together. Yeah, I'm gonna need was, to look that. It up. It was pretty awesome. Um. All right. Good one. Yeah. So that's it for this week. I think next week we'll we'll we might stray away from some some movies and TV shows and get something maybe a little bit different, but but we'll have to see. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed this week, uh, and we'll see you next week. Yep. Bye bye. <laughs>